Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go to our final scripture reading today. We're going to jump back into the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we've been taking a, a short break uh, because of Palm Sunday and Easter. Um, we're going to dive right back in where we left off. So turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 19 through 24. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1504. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Thus ends our reading of God's authoritative word. May all who hear it find their treasures kept safely hidden in heaven. You cannot serve both God and money. It was in the year 1916 that J.D. Rockefeller pretty much was the dominant force in America. It was estimated that he had a net worth of around $30 billion. Translated into today's world, that'd be roughly $340 billion. Think if you owned Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft. That's pretty much how wealthy he was. And he was asked by a reporter once, how much is enough? Do you know how, how he answered? Just a little more. Well, it's been a few weeks since we were in the Gospel of Matthew, and we're picking up pretty much in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And if you recall, Jesus had been warning his disciples about not doing their acts of righteousness to be seen by men. And there were three areas of focus, giving, praying, and fasting. You see, his main concern was that, was that his disciples wouldn't become like the hypocrites who only did their good deeds because of what they could get out of it, which was honor and prestige. Instead, they should be doing these things in secret so that the, the temptation for worldly praise would be absent and that their true reward that comes from their Father in heaven would be theirs. But here in our text today, Jesus shifts his message again. He shifts the focus from temptations that come from a false piety to warnings about succumbing to earthly desires. 
Instead of running after the things of God with a, with a false motive, Jesus now cautions his disciples about going the opposite direction and pursuing the things of this world such as wealth and material goods. For these are the things that pagans run after. And in giving this new direction, Jesus offers up two different warnings concerning putting one's hope in material wealth. The first are in verses 19 through 24. It has to do with covetousness and greed. The second is found in verses 25 through 34, and that has more to do with worry and anxiety. But we're going to save that for another weekend. Today, we're going to look at the first of these, Jesus' warning concerning greed. Now, Christ uses three illustrations to talk about the different aspects of such greed. Treasures, eyes, and masters. In verses 19 through 21, he uses treasures to speak about the actions of greed. In verses 22 and 23, he uses eyes as an illustration to demonstrate one's desires that lead to those actions. And then in verse 24, he uses the illustration of a slave master to show that these acts of greed are really just a form of idolatry. So let's look at our first two verses and see how this plays out. Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So what are the differences between storing treasures on earth and storing treasures in heaven? According to Jesus, these earthly treasures can be destroyed or lost, whereas the heavenly ones cannot. Just a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, we, we saw this play out before our very eyes. The, the fire at Notre Dame was a vivid reminder that even our most precious treasures have an expiration date. Sadly, many people today run after treasures that are destined for ruin, thinking that in them they're going to find their security and fulfillment. And so they store up wealth and possessions, hoping to find joy in material goods. But what Jesus tells us is that these are bad investments. Listen, whatever, whatever joy you may find in the treasures of this world, it is fleeting. For it will all come to an end one way or another. As kingdom people, you are called to live in, in the tension of this, of this present age and in the age to come. Living in these last days, the, the hoarding of possessions and riches is, is a, is a short-sighted approach to life. For the things of this world have no lasting value. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to learn to value the things that Jesus values.
And what does Jesus value? Things that cannot be destroyed. Treasures that don't fade over time. So what are these treasures that are stored in heaven? Well, they're the very things that Jesus has been talking about in this sermon. Think back to the Beatitudes in the beginning of Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The treasures you should be pursuing, they're, they're not things you can grab onto or, or, or hold in your hands. No. They are things like comfort and mercy and seeing God. They are receiving titles like sons of God or daughters of God and being considered a citizen of God's kingdom. These are eternal riches. Or how about Matthew 6, when Jesus talked about being rewarded by your Father in heaven. These are, are, are treasures that come about when one does their acts of righteousness in secret. Things like giving and praying and fasting. Do you see it? Treasures such as these, they're not things that can be destroyed by moth and rust. These are riches that thieves cannot touch. And in God's eyes, they are more valuable than the wealth of the whole world. Let me ask you, where are you storing your treasures? On earth or in heaven? The answer to that question will display the motives of your heart. Look at verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. <clears throat> it is a person's desires that drive their actions. If a man wants riches then he will focus all his pursuits upon getting those riches. If his desire is for physical pleasure, then he will chase after that. But if he sees Christ as his prized possession, if he sees Jesus as the most valuable thing, then he will focus on him. Look at verses 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. 
But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus now switches from treasures to eyes. The eyes are a lamp in the sense that they take in what they see. And in this way, they are a beacon to the body. Just as, as a lamp lights a room with light, allowing it, everything in it to be seen, so the eyes allow the body to see, shaping its desires. The question is, where are your eyes focused? For that will determine the kind of light that enters your body. If your eyes are good, they will be focused on the light of eternal things, the things of God. But if your eyes are bad, then they will take in the darkness, these temporary things of this world. You see, the difference between bad eyes and good eyes has to do with the way one views the world. I believe that there are many today who have, who have set their focus on darkness, and yet they, they don't recognize it as such. They think that they are letting in the light, when in reality, they are allowing the dark patterns of this world to enter in. Listen, when, when a man sets his focus on earthly treasures, then he becomes blind to the reality and the beauty of the things of God. Christ calls us to focus on heavenly things. We saw this in our first scripture reading today. Look at Colossians 3, verses 1 through 5. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. The question for you is upon what have you fixed your vision? What object are your eyes focused on? Are they fixed on dark and temporary things, or are they focused on your Savior, the light of eternity? Are your eyes bad, or are they good? But it goes deeper than just the focus of one's heart, for the, for the eyes will ultimately display that to which you are enslaved. Look at our last verse. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. From treasures to eyes, and now we have masters. 
What this all boils down to is a single question. Who is your master? Let's be honest. One of the biggest temptations in this world we live in is money. It can become a God to us. And it doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor. Many have bowed the knee to this master. There are even people today who, who call themselves Christians but worship at the altar of the almighty dollar. They want to straddle the fence thinking they can serve two masters. Jesus shows the futility of such efforts. Either God is served by a singular devotion or he will not be served. You see, the, the, the treasures of God, the things that have eternal value, they are in opposition to the treasures of this world. Those things that are destined for destruction. They are polar opposites. If you're serving the one, you will hate the other. Because the two, they're in a battle for your heart. People who are a part of God's kingdom can only serve one master, God alone. And if a person tries to divide their loyalty, it demonstrates that deep down there is idolatry in their hearts. Brothers, sisters, when, when you store up treasures on earth, it demonstrates that your trust is not in God, but in the things of this world. In other words, the, the accumulation of wealth and stuff, they become an idol. Jesus calls you to something far greater, something eternal. And so he puts this question before you, whom will you serve? Will it be God? Or will it be the things of this world? You cannot serve both. In the Gospel of Luke, we have this scene where, where there are three different men that, that wanted to follow Jesus. And listen to what Jesus said to them. Look at Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Dear friends, split loyalties will not fly in God's kingdom. If you're going to follow this Jesus, if you're going to be his disciple, then he is going to expect you to have a singular devotion to him. In other words, 
before you swallow that red pill, he wants you to count the cost. What this all boils down to is this. What do you treasure? What have you fixed your eyes upon? Who is your master? The answer to all three questions will be the same. It's either the things of this world or it is Christ. He should be your master. He should be your focus. He should be your treasure. You see, these same three questions were before Jesus as well. When he, when he chose to become a man, he left the riches of heaven in order to take on the role of a servant. He gave up everything in obedience to his father in order to take the position of a slave. Why? Because he was seeking eternal treasure. Riches that he could store in heaven. Treasure that moth and rust cannot destroy and that, and that thieves cannot steal. This is why the Apostle Paul said this in the book of Philippians. Look at Philippians 2 verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Christ, he gave up riches that far surpasses that of Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or J.D. Rockefeller or all of them combined. And he did so because he was focused on eternal treasures. And that treasure is you. You are his reward. This is why he went to the cross and died for your sins. So that he could present to his father a treasure of his own. An eternal people after his own likeness, holy and blameless. And he did all of this because his eyes were continually focused on his master. His Father in heaven. So let your attitude be the same as that of Christ Jesus. You have one master. You have one treasure. Turn away from the, the riches of this world. And let your eyes be focused upon him. Let us pray. Father, we confess that too often we have split loyalties. We are too attached to the things of this world. Help us to repent of such idolatry and to set our eyes upon your Son, who is both our treasure and our master. 
Fill us with your, with your Holy Spirit so that we can have a pure devotion to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.